Welcome to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast, the podcast that looks at the best practices of organizations that care about their people, whilst keeping an eye on the growing wellbeing space. The Workplace Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by the WorkTech Group, which offers a range of cloud-based software solutions that have a positive impact on employee wellbeing. The group companies are Fast PAYE, a financial wellbeing tool, Solved by AI, which builds artificial intelligence-powered tools that can make a real difference for your workforce, and Shopworks, which makes scheduling and time and attendance solutions that will help both efficiency and morale. You can find out more at worktechgroup.com. Hi, I'm Ian Hogg, the chairman of the Worktech Group, and until very recently, the host of the Workplace Wellbeing podcast. We recently published our Workplace Wellbeing book, done as a podcast, in two episodes and 12 chapters. Each chapter includes clips from the best conversations on the relevant subject with our guests from over 50 podcast episodes. To make it easier to listen to, we decided to break out the 12 chapters into individual episodes so that you can listen to the whole Workplace Wellbeing book, done as a podcast, a few minutes at a time. Here is another chapter, but you can, of course, listen to the whole book in two parts, or hear the original recordings from the over 50 that we have produced. Now for chapter five, management systems and process. So far in part one, we have dealt with the key strategic issues of what is well-being, why should I have a strategy, and some of the strategic elements of the business that can impact well-being. This final chapter is around process. A lesson I took from listening to the podcast guests is if you really want to make a success of your strategy, some sort of management system to define and measure success and encourage continuous improvement is a good idea. Here is Sheila Lord of BMR Health and Wellbeing, who we heard from earlier, discussing ISO 45003, which is the first global management standard covering psychological health and safety in the workplace, and which was published as a full international standard in 2021. And it's, uh, you know, since you've been at BMR a couple of years now, have you, 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 you've been applying this, these sort of processes that you've learned from ISO to mental wellbeing? Is that is that a fair summary of what you guys are trying to do? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not such as as so much as what I've learned from ISO, but there's actually a new ISO standard coming out this year specifically around managing psychological health and safety in the workplace. Um, and that is, you know, it's written by um, the International Standards Organization. It's had participation um, globally um, to create this standard, which sits. Um, specifically within within the occupational health and safety management systems that already exist in some organisations. So basically, if you've got an ISO 45001 certification, this new standard of 45003 is a child standard that sits in there specifically within the same framework, giving guidance on how to manage workplace psychological risk by identifying the primary risk factors and then determining what can be done to improve them. Okay, listen, I mean, that's fascinating. I'd, I'd love to explore that a bit more. Um, so, I mean, some of our listeners will be very experienced with the ISO processes and some won't. Um, would you, so it'd be good to have a little discussion to try and just sort of bring out, you know, what that entails. So if, if you know, when, when I've been involved in ISOs, you know, they seem to start with a risk assessment, you know, um, that seems to be like the underlying uh, issue. 
uh, you know, the underlying sort of tool really, probably then with the root cause analysis when something goes wrong. Is that how you would see um, you know, the sort of core management tools for, for developing this ISO? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, in terms of the guidelines for ISO 45003, again, it's about, as you said, Ian, it's about identifying um, the primary risk factors and assessing them um, and doing a basic risk management uh, approach on that. So identify, assess, um, mitigate and review. Um, so how to do that with with specific reference to work-related hazards. Um, and there are a set of psychosocial hazards that um, include things like workloads, uh, autonomy, um, support, relationships, bullying, um, change management, organisational justice. There's a whole, there's, there's kind of six that are cited by the health and safety um, executive. Um, we look at covering eight. So what you've got is you've got your, you've got your framework. You're using a risk-based approach. You're understanding the context of your organisation, and then you're really needing to get leadership commitment because without it, quite frankly, it won't go anywhere. Um, and you need to get worker participation and consultation throughout the whole um, business for this to be successful. Um, it, also needs to be documented in terms of your policy and your procedure and communicated. Um, and we need to define organisational responsibility. So if you think of ISO and you're putting it into the context of an ISO standard and a framework, it would then start to feed into that quality management framework of audits and management review. ISO 45003 is a big commitment for any organisation and will undoubtedly become the gold standard for companies that want to improve um, and properly implement a wellbeing strategy. However, a few of our contributors have mentioned an easier first step, which is to get inspected by one of the companies that award certification and lead tables for workplace culture. At the WorkTech Group, we are ISO certified for data and security and understand the level of work that would be required to get ISO 45003. And because we had a small team, we decided that the simplest step of becoming accredited by one of these organisations was a better place to start our journey of monitoring and continuous improvement. So we are now certified as a great place to work. But there are other similar certifications out there, including the Work Institute, Best Companies, and several backed by media groups such as The Times. These certification companies exist in most countries, and although the processes vary, they nearly all include a professional written and independent staff survey, which highlights a particular company, company's strengths and weaknesses. They often have league tables such as top 100 companies to work for in a given sector. And you go up the league table of putting in a plan to improve on your weaknesses and get audited every year. If ISO 45003 sounds a bit too much for you, I would recommend a program like this as a good place to start. The subject came up whilst I was talking to doc, Dr. Bob Nelson about his book, How to Make Work Fun. We were discussing the link between fun places to work and companies that scored well in these league tables. That's the end of chapter five and also part one. Hopefully you now have a better understanding of what it takes to get some of the strategic issues sorted when looking at workplace wellbeing. The collective knowledge of our guests over 50 episodes is firmly in the camp that a properly run organisation with a sense of purpose and trust-based leadership at every level of management is more likely to be a great place to work. It was also a strong theme that these well-run organisations would want to meet their responsibilities to employees' well-being, both because it was the right thing to do and because investment in well-being brings a quantifiable return. 
I guess also believe that implementing some tactical improvements without having a strategy and a process to monitor and measure progress was unlikely to lead to significant improvements. One of the, one of the research that basis that we we uh, founded the book on is research from um, the work uh, the workplace institute that uh, creates a list of hundred best companies to work for in America. It's published each year by Fortune magazine. And when we looked at the the data on on their research, they they we found that um, companies that make that list, employees at companies that make the list, eighty one percent report that where they work is a fun a fun place to work. Now those companies that apply for that award but don't don't get it. By contrast, it's only about sixty percent that say they work in a fun work environment, and that that uh, twenty point differential is actually uh, one of the largest in their research. That that says this is serious. If you want a great place to work, you got to look at to make sure it's is fun, and it's not that hard to do. It, it doesn't mean closing closing the office and just. Uh, having a, a party, it, it, it means what can you do along the way? What can employees do uh, along the way in, in their own work if, if they're not having fun? How can they how can they make it more enjoyable with the, the work they're doing on their own? And then, of course, uh, what can you, if you're part of a team, you can always, you know, make a suggestion. So in summary, the strategic elements of workplace well-being are purpose and values, trust-based leadership, a dedicated strategy, and a process or management system to drive change. We've included some of the clips we felt highlighted these points best. However, we couldn't find space on this episode for all of the great guests that have also covered these subjects. So we've included links to relevant editions of the Workplace Wellbeing podcast grouped by chapter subjects in the podcast notes. If you're keen to find more, find out more, they are a great resource. If you enjoyed this and found it useful in your quest for improving your workplace, Please join us for part two when we discuss tactics, implementing a well-being strategy, and hear some of the great tips our wonderful guests have for making your well-being strategy a reality. I hope you will join us there soon. The Workplace Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by the WorkTech Group, which offers a range of cloud-based software solutions that have a positive impact on employee well-being. The group companies are Fast PAYE, a financial well-being tool. Solved by AI, which builds artificial intelligence-powered tools that can make a real difference for your workforce, and Shopworks, which makes scheduling and time and attendance solutions that will help both efficiency and morale. You can find out more at worktechgroup.com.